Hello, everyone. I'm Heather Ward, the SCA's Director of Content Strategy, and you're listening to the SCA Lectures Podcast. Today's episode is part of our World of Coffee Lecture Series, dedicated to showcasing a curated selection of the extensive live lectures offered at the event every year. Since you're with us today, I'm guessing you're into podcasts. Do you know about Recap? It's our new podcast offering a brief overview of recent coffee developments in less than five minutes. You can subscribe by following the link in today's show notes. The episode you're about to hear was recorded live at the 2019 World of Coffee in Berlin. Don't miss this year's lecture series that takes place in Warsaw in June. Visit worldofcoffee.org for more information. If you'd like to follow along, you can find the slides for this lecture linked in the show notes below. Okay, let's get started. We're going to jump right in. Okay, good morning to you. My name is Michael de Groot, Miguel. Miguelito, I'm working for Rabobank Foundation, Rural Fund. We finance producers directly. My first encounter with coffee was 1992 in Sudan, Ethiopia. So I'm not 20 anymore, sorry. But, but, but it's going to be, I hope to make it very interesting for you to this hour because it's not going to be a lecture sitting down one hour. Actually, because we want to have your expertise of everyone. What we will do as from Rabobank food and agribusiness knowledge, we will show you some trends, what's going on, development trends, consumer behavior, geographical patterns, demographical patterns. But it's not the absolute truth. Many of you are experts in your own field. You're a micro roaster, you're a trader, or you have a whole range of coffee shops all over Europe. So it's very interesting to learn to know your experience. So just to, f- oh, look what, how many friends I have. It's always my birthday. How nice, everyone, to be here. Thank you very much. So just quickly that you understand each other itself. So who here, you don't need to stand up, but just who here are producers, productores, producers? Look, a number of producers. Producers, India, I assume. India, then producers. So who is buying coffee in the origin country. So not a trader in Europe, but in the origin country as broker, as buyer in the origin country. No. Who is trader? The next step in the value chain. Only you, Niels. Only you. <laughs> so who we have here then a lot. So we have a lot of roasters. Are there big roasters or are there lots of specialty roasters who are interested more in direct trade in origin relationships? Origin relationships, direct trade. How about coffee shops, cafeterias? There. So we have all of them. We have at least five or different ones. So all of you, please come in and join and just give your comments. It's so free to get a better understanding of what's happening in the market from your own perspective. Whether you're a certifier like Fairtrade Max Havela or Oots Rainforest Alliance on it, so what's going to do with the coffee? Please, Maria, would you, shall I introduce you as Professor Doctor? <laughs> Thank you very much. It's really great to be here, and uh, I'm impressed by the audience. Um, I think I will start by introducing very briefly myself and Rabobank from a very humble perspective, because you are the guys that know about coffee. So for those who don't know, Rabobank is just a Dutch bank in Holland, is just a universal bank like any others where you have your mortgage or your current account. But Rabobank outside the Netherlands uh, has uh, some global ambitions based on food. They define it as banking for food. 
and they want to improve the whole positioning of food in the world. And they want to do that through funding, that's why they are a bank, but also through knowledge and through uh, networking. And that's why I'm here. The same thing that applies to the global uh, food in general applies to the coffee value chain, where the bank is involved with the small producers from Rabo Foundation to the large corporates through their normal uh, commercial banking. And to better do that, uh, Rabobank decided to, to pay for 80 analysts around the world that look at the industries. I'm one of them. So that's enough uh, about uh, Rabobank and let's move to coffee. Uh, the only thing I have to say before is that I am A, an analyst, and B, Spanish by origin, as you can hear, which is a terrible combination, because we love to talk. So I don't want it to make too heavy, and I give my permission to Michael to stop me and send me, come on, speed up, if it gets too long. And also to all of you, by the way. The second thing I have to tell is that analysts love numbers. Uh, Michael warned me just cut it short in numbers and charts. I couldn't help it. There are a few charts with numbers. I will go very quickly through them, but they stay there and you can download the presentation and look at them whenever you want. So I will not just give you a headache first thing in the morning, promised. Let's move on. Let's talk about the European coffee market. Very quickly, how important is the European coffee market? If you move to the next one. Basically, in Europe, if we put Eastern and Western Europe together, we consume around 35% of the global coffee market, which means we are an important market, also for global producers, also for big traders, as well as for smaller operators with a regional focus. We are important as a market on its own. The next one, I will just leave it there for you. It just shows how important is each one of the markets. Uh, the only thing I want to signal is if you look to the pie chart is what is the size in terms of coffee consumption today. But the one with the little bars shows where will the growth come from in the next five years, the additional volumes. So if you are thinking about expanding your business, if you are thinking about where do we need more coffee, the answer is on the little bars. If you are thinking where the volumes are today, it's there. Some cases, because of the population, is almost the same. In others, it's completely different. You will see there are big names like Turkey that are only a small part on the pie. That is important when you think about consumer trends. It may not be very fancy, it may not be very hip, but it's a fact. That's where coffee is consumed. If we move to the next one, I heard there were uh, roasters, but I also heard there were uh, coffee, specialty coffee shops, coffee bars. Well. The blue bar shows uh, the, the amount of coffee that is consumed at home. So people buy it in the shops, in the supermarkets, perhaps online. And the, the red bar is what we consume out of home in the food service. And the little numbers above shows the expected growth for the next five years. To cut a long story short, still most of the coffee is bought in a shop to be drunk at home, but the growth is out of home in both Eastern and Western Europe. So this is the boring part, this is the part about the charts and figures. Let's look a little bit more on the future and okay, what about the trends? Uh, we will go to the fancy part in a minute, but they're very old sort of drivers that remain relevant even if they are not so hip, which is for example, population, demographics. Keep it in mind, where, are the, where is the population? Where is also in the next one we have, where is the population growth? Where are we going to have more adults in the coming years? 
and where are we going to have less adults? Because that combined with the per capita consumption will give you a hint. That's the one. The other one is not only population, is how are we living? Are we living uh, like when I was a kid in Spain, big families, grandma lives at home, five kids, big shopping, or are we just living in small studios uh, alone? Well, the trend is very clear in Europe the number of households with one or just a couple is growing dramatically. And what is diminishing is the large households. That has clear implications about everything we buy, including coffee. And you have to add to the picture the flavor of uh, urbanization. More and more people are shifting, in particular younger people, from living in the suburbia to preferring the city center. That also gives you an idea. And people are busy. They both work if they are two, and definitely if there's only one and lives alone, has to work like a maniac to pay the mortgage or the rental. So we are busy, we live in the city center, and we are getting into smaller households. Those are boring but real facts. Another important thing, if you move to the next one, and it's the last boring one, promise, this is the real last one, is money. In particular, because we already said out-of-home consumption is growing. And out-of-home consumption is directly linked not only to disposable income, which is obvious, but also to consumer sentiment. When people feel more confident, they will be happier spending out of home. If they start to worry, they will be more careful. And that is what this chart shows for the whole European Union. Now, this hasn't changed. Uh, still, it happens. And it happens at the country level, but even at a specific population level. Now, let's move on and think about what about the, the, the new consumer? And the new consumer, I don't mean uh, the guys that are now 15. I mean all of us in today's world compared to all of us in the world of 10, 15 years ago. Uh, I like very much when I uh, started to look at consumer trends and I started to read about millennials. Now, the millennials are now around 30. And we say they are just a lot of things that you see here. They are. Uh, much more aware of their health, they are much more connected, digital, uh, digitally connected to everything, uh, they are more aware of environmental and social issues, they look for convenience in what they do, and they look for experiences, not only just owning a product, not only just consuming a product, but all what it is around the product. That's great about the millennials, but and I felt extremely good when I read all that for the first time because I said, cool, guys, I'm 50 and I'm a millennial. Because that's not true. The millennials may have been the reason to push all on that direction, but today everybody, 50, even 60, behave like that. Not to mention the guys that come behind and will start drinking coffee any minute they are even more pushed to some of these trends. So we are not talking about millennials here. We are talking about perhaps 70% of the population, everybody that is perhaps below 70 in Western Europe. They are important trends and they will be even more exaggerated as the new generations come in and the older generations drop out. So we spoke about health, convenience, sustainability, transparency, and experience and being connected. Let's see how all those actually focus and uh, impact the coffee industry in the different ways. I will just give 
examples, I will just give lines of thought uh, you guys have to apply to all your different businesses because if you pick up the earlier presentations, it's not the same to be a mass market supplier in Russia as it is to be uh, running a specialty shop in Switzerland. But they all affect you today and even more importantly, they will affect you in the future. So it is something that you have to think about where I need to be today, what I need to do today for my customer base, for my P&L, and what should I be doing today to make sure I'm not out tomorrow. So let's, let's move on and start with the, the consumer trends. The first one, we said that today's consumers are more worried about health. When I look back in the years, people started to be worried about health when they went to the, to the doctor and the doctor told them, oh, you have uh, too much uh, fat on your body, your heart is at risk, you have diabetes, stop the sugar, and so on and so forth. Now people don't wait there. Everybody's concerned about the health, try to proactively and anticipate and think about health. What does it bring to coffee? It brings quite a few opportunities. Let's start with the first one, alcohol-free. People want to drink less alcohol. Uh, the new generation drinks, in fact, less alcohol for a number of reasons. But that means that uh, locations where people historically went just to drink alcohol now have to think about other products to give their clients. They still want to go to the pub. They still want to socialize. But they don't necessarily want to drink alcohol five days a week during the weekdays plus the weekend. So we, we detect a trend of places like pubs or bars to increase their offer and the attention they give to alcohol-free drinks, including coffee. The second one is free from. Sugar is the new evil. And people like to grab a drink, uh, in particular in, in the busy places, with their uh, sandwich or whatever, but they don't, no longer want to, to take, per se, carbonated drink. That gives huge opportunities, for example, for ready-to-drink coffee, a large chunk of it today is still containing a lot of milk and sugar, sort of cappuccino, frappuccino style, but there is a growing presence, even if it's from, if it is from a very small starting point, for cold brew, ready to drink, canned coffee, and so on and so forth. That is another opportunity based on the health concerns of the population. Added benefits, that is a classic. Now, everybody that has studied has been going heavy on coffee to be awake, to keep your alert level awake. So that is a very positive thing of coffee. It has some added elements. People should be aware of it. Now, there is also a trap in there because when you think about uh, added benefits, tea is a most obvious option compared to coffee. So it's not only opportunities, there are also elements, not, I wouldn't say threats, because they can also be opportunities, but there are also other products to consider that may be a step ahead in the consumer mindset. And finally, and we will come back to it, limited processing. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I make coffee, I just put the coffee under water. So this is a clear positive element for coffee. It's not a terribly complicated uh, product when it comes to the consumer with a lot of other stuffs. So the conclusion would be if consumers are growingly concerned about doing the right thing for their health, coffee has a good position in there. 
It's up to you guys from your different positions how to make most of it. Let's move to the next one, Michael. Oh, I forgot one, this bag with health and money there. It's also interesting because uh, it has been, you know, statistically proven that the more money the people have, the more they worry about their health and the more they are prepared to pay for it. So economically, it's also an interesting thought. Now, convenience. I already told you about the small households, how busy we are all. Uh, convenience is here to stay. Uh, the slow food, the slow pace, moving back to the country is wonderful. I, I'm sure we would all love it, but somebody has to pay the school and the mortgage and the shoes of the kids. So we are stuck in the city and we are busy as a population. What does it mean? It means that single serve in the different variations is here to stay for a long while, even more when the households are small. Doesn't make too much sense to make a big pot of coffee every morning. It also means that ready to drink gain popularity. I grab it and I go. I don't have to wait till the coffee is made. In Western Europe, and in particular in certain markets, this is not the case in Eastern Europe yet, instant coffee is gaining popularity. But we are not going back to the big pot uh, with the spoon to take it out. We are going into a new version of instant coffee, again, single serve, with flavors, uh, that emulates a bit the experience you may have in a coffee bar. So it's coming back a bit. Uh, coffee on the go, we know it's not very sustainable to have disposable cups, but convenience uh, and coffee on the go are very closely linked. So it will be a hard one to delete, even if consumers have a, a concern about sustainability. And finally, uh, about convenience, working from home. Now, in many countries, and I am living in the Netherlands, and this is the, the absolute leader, uh, people are increasingly working from home. That is handy. I don't have to sit in a traffic jam. I don't need to take the train. I work from home. Right now, uh, about 5% of the European uh, working population works regularly from home, 10% occasionally. And in countries like the Netherlands, it's around double this amount. What does it mean for the guys that are supplying office coffee, office coffee, office coffee services? What does it mean for the rest of you guys? These people that are staying once a week perhaps at home, or even some of them four days a week at home, where do they drink their coffee? Who is supplying this coffee? This is another trend to monitor. And finally, and again, it will come back again and again, internet, online and on demand. On demand is, you know, where you, you see these Uber people or whatever bringing the meals at home. What does it mean for coffee? People who eat at the restaurant drink their coffee at the restaurant. If I order the meal at home, am I going to have the coffee at home? Am I going to skip the coffee? Can we entice these consumers to take a certain action? It's a change in the consumer behavior that has implications for coffee. Let's move on to the next one. That is just a quick, I leave it for you guys, it's about uh, online shopping. And in all Europe, people doing their weekly shopping or their daily supermarket shopping online is growing. Uh, first, it starts with number of people that do their shopping online, 
but not all their shopping. And then as the population moves on, more and more of the shopping will be done online. People start doing once and then they do it more frequently. Uh, it doesn't mean they will not buy coffee online. They, they will just add it to the supermarket list. But it has huge implications in how you deal for those of you that are selling through supermarkets, how you deal with that? How do you make sure that your brand, your product, when I type coffee, comes up in the first page? Because I don't want to go through six pages of coffee brands. How do you make sure that your coffee brand is well represented? How do you make sure that if you have a super premium coffee brand and it's in the supermarket, when I type the name, the, the prompt that comes with it is also nice stuff? I mean, it's a classic, but I can swear to you, I saw it again two weeks ago. You type an expensive product, I was looking at spirits at this moment, and then I get below. People who buy this also looked at, you put a, a whiskey, I was looking at a whiskey. And guess what, they propose I should buy with my whiskey? Bananas and toilet paper. Do you want that with your coffee brand? I don't think so. So, you need to work along with a supermarket that is, uh, taking your coffee, your coffee brand, to make sure it has the right presence and the right image. And if you are selling it through other channels, you still need to think about internet because everybody looks at internet, even if they don't buy. Your image, your presence on internet has to reflect what you are, whatever it may be. Let's move to the next one. Now, sustainability. Coffee is the ideal product because it's a very attractive value chain. It starts with the growers, it starts with a pure farming agriculture product, and it goes all the way to a sophisticated experience at the consumer trend point of view. What is the consumer thinking about sustainability? Well, obviously it depends who the consumer is. If we are thinking about Northern European consumers, they are very concerned about it. If we are thinking about rural Russians, the occasions when they drink coffee, they may be less concerned about it. But it is a concern that everybody should have in mind because in the future, everybody will be more and more aware of this, even the people that the population that is not aware today. And for one simple reason is because even the ones that are not aware today will suffer the consequences if, if we are not concerned about it. What about the consumer? Even a consumer that is concerned about sustainability, just a normal uh, street consumer, not a specialist like uh, people sitting here, the first thing they are confronted with is, I want to buy sustainable coffee. How do I know it's sustainable? Oh, let's look at the certifications. Now, we start to sweat, because there are many different certifications, and we don't know exactly what they mean. And when we finally think we are doing a good thing, buying a certified coffee, it comes up that I go down to the fancy, nice coffee bar, around the corner and they explained to me that direct from the producer is much more sustainable. I don't know where to start. So be kind to the consumer. That's one message. The second message is that the important action has to be taken by the specialists. The consumer doesn't know. He's too confused. And the second thing is that the consumer can only choose among the products that are in front of him. Not about rhetorical products somewhere else. So it is the entire value chain that has to become aware and take action in this sense. From the consumer perspective, other things important, packaging. Two elements, uh, uh, we spoke about single serve, 
about uh, ready-to-drink, this includes packaging. The consumer is aware of the issues with packaging. Can we try to help the consumer? And also with takeaway cups. They are not prepared to give up uh, convenience, but they are aware of the issues with sustainability. So there is also another element of conflict. The last thing we want is, one, that the consumer stops consuming because he says, okay, I can't take away my coffee, I don't drink coffee. Or the second one is that they have so many different contradictory news that they don't know what to do. Communication is also important. Shall we move to the next one? Oh, sorry. And one important for the guys over here that are uh, coffee bar owners, uh, local roasters, etc. The consumer often is, in, in particular here, we are talking about European trends, is in Europe. They understand the problems and the poverty and the challenges of producing countries, but they can't judge how to improve there. But they will also value the actions taken on the local community basis. This can be an extra element to help the consumer fulfill their concerns about sustainability and social uh, awareness. Well, transparency is very much uh, related to uh, sustainability to some extent in the mindset of the consumer. We are talking about short processing chains and we are talking about uh, roasting at the location, where is my coffee, does my coffee come from and so on and so forth. Here I leave two thoughts, I just throw them to the audience. One is Internet of Things and blockchain. Can they help you? Can, they, can you do something about it? And the other element in particular for uh, retail points is think about all the other elements you offer in the store. Obviously, if you have a store in Germany, you cannot produce your coffee here, but what about your food? Think about it. And let's move to the next point, experience. We spoke about experience, it's not the product, it's beyond the product. In the case of coffee, it means the location, it means the service. One interesting thing, when we think about where we buy coffee, the specialty shops are again gaining market share. It's about service, it's about experience, it's about the value I give to the product. It's also about out of home, the, out of home, the, the food that you serve with it, I already mentioned. Um, we spoke about staying in, what about coffee? Emotional alignment with the brand. And here, we spoke about the consumer, but what about your off-taker? How does your product liaise with the, with the motto uh, of your buyer? Is it a supermarket chain or a coffee chain? How do you liaise with them? Huh? It's very important, also in B2B. Shall we move to the next one? Okay. And that, because we were talking about out of home, uh, I already anticipated, and I couldn't finish without a chart. I'm an analyst. So this one shows what is happening with where people buy the coffee. The blue one is specialty shops. So not the supermarket, but the specialty shops that sell coffee in Western Europe, growing up. The second one is internet retailing. So it may be the same supermarket, but through internet, you also see it growing. Both together have gone from representing about 3% 10 years ago to representing over 7% right now, more than double. That's what we think about convenience, experience. Here it is, put in numbers. And there is about where do we drink out of home. I mention a lot out of home, out of home. 
but it's not a big black box. What we see there is that uh, modern concepts, convenience concepts, specialty coffee shops, uh, this kind of bakery uh, fast food chains are growing in number of outlets. Uh, bars, pubs, cafeterias are declining. So that also has big impl implications for the whole supply chain. My, my traditional uh, off-takers are becoming more limited in numbers, new off-takers, new coffee sellers are coming to the market. So I think we went through all the chains, all the different uh, trends, sorry. Uh, I think it's time for a small conclusion. That is a nice image. That is before and after. So before, all the coffee places were like that. These ones are disappearing. And this is the new concept. For those that didn't like the chart. So what are our conclusions? Our conclusions is that if we look to the European coffee consumption, it may seem pretty stable, but it's far from it. It's a fast-moving uh, experience, it's a fast-moving product, it's a fast-moving uh, value chain. The growth may be moderate in total, but it's very selective with very different growth rates and decline rates. There is an increasing and evolving out-of-home demand. The consumer wants different things than in the past, well more than flavor, well more than price. Sustainability does matter, matters today, will matter even more in the future. How can you secure you are there for the future? And finally, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, the world is digital. You have to make most of it, and you have to make sure that you are not out of it, because all your value chain will ask you to be there. So that's all we wanted to leave with you. I hope you get something to think about. There are another few trends seen from, from a banking point of view, of financier, what's happening. So you already notice uh, some large shifts which may have consequences for you and some of you really make use of it favorable. One thing is since 400 years coffee entered the gates of Vienna in 1600s with, uh, with the Turkish, it was very a very traditional chain. It was a very traditional chain. You had traders trading coffee and they didn't know where it came from and they didn't know where they sell to. It was just a mass product. So actually what you see in the last decade and the coming uh, years is see that the traditional role of a trader will diminish more and more. Just shifting volumes will diminish. There are more and more specialty roasters, specialty coffee shops who are either going partly in direct trade, indirect trade via platforms. So blockchain is just a methodology, just to use it helps you. It helps you about the transparency, about the documentation, about lowering the cost, and about the financing. So traders have really to define, traditional ones really have to define the role about whom to service and who they can service, and what additional service they can provide. The other one, what you see is what you saw, the demographic changes, and the changes of pattern of more double income, no kids, alternative uh, households without kids, or uh, households, single households. Amsterdam, where I live, I think 60% nowadays of the city is 60% people are living alone, 60. And they all drink out of home. They all drink out. So these are really patterns which influence your market. Okay, thank you very much. That was one of the many lectures we hosted at World of Coffee Berlin last June. 
Remember to check out our show notes for relevant links, including a link to worldofcoffee.org for more information about this year's event. This has been an episode of the SCA's podcast 2019 World of Coffee Lecture Series, supported by listeners like you. Thank you for joining us.